0: hello everybody welcome back to the daily thread today we're discussing a few very interesting stories including a train wreck in east palestine ohio that really isn't getting much coverage and uh other stories coming your way so thank you for tuning in you're listening to the daily thread okay first of all i want to get to some uh some info that i got from the Boca area so ben shapiro uh Headlined an event last night in BRS, Boca Raton Synagogue, I believe, with everybody Ephraim Goldberg and others discussing anti-Semitism, and I know you were present. We'll show the picture of of you and Mr. Shapiro and everybody Ephraim Goldberg on the screen. Right. I had heard, yeah. I had heard that you were there before the the doors even opened. You were like first online.
1: Well, um, first of all, um, you know parking is a problem there so we we had a plan to uh we went out to eat at four thirty at a local at a at a restaurant about ten minutes away from uh, the Boca Raton synagogue okay uh and then we went there for minkhamarev, which started at six o'clock so of course, I was there before uh uh the program started so we gotved minkhamarev at six o'clock uh there was a a shear from one of the assistant rabbis in between. Menchemar, we finished at about uh, six forty, uh, uh, uh here in Florida, uh, and um, we went outside. Then Do- people, li- o- people were already lined. People already lined up. Doors open at seven. No, doors open at six forty-five.
0: So I, I don't know. I heard from some eyewitnesses that you were first online. Yeah.
1: Well, now who'd you hear from? Who'd you hear that from?
0: I don't give up my sources like that.
1: Well, there were there are other people in, online in front of me. We were, we were one of the first because that 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 was our plan. Okay, I had uh, spoken to Rabbi <laughs> Goldberg a couple of uh, days ago about uh, meeting uh, uh, Ben Shapiro and uh, Yair Rosenberg from The Atlantic, uh, and um, he said that we'll ask them. And uh, when I met him before the program started um, after Meirav, he said that. Uh, I should come into his office at about seven fifteen, uh, which is what I did. So, um where is this mysterious window that uh has no, anything saying, to do with me being I, there?
0: I, I was curious. I was curious I was curious how you got to how you got to get a picture with Ben. So did you did you have like interaction with him? Did he speak to him?
1: well there was really wasn't much of an opportunity, you know. We we had we we chit chatted for maybe sixty seconds, you know, because it had the, the evening was packed, first of all. I don't know. There was definitely more than a 1,000 people present. There was definitely more than 1, uh, uh, a 1,000 chairs set up, and every chair was taken. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, a curious type of um, headline. I mean, uh, the event was built not as a debate about anti-Semitism. I think I don't have it in front of me, of course. I'm not allowed to look at any of my things here, according to the laws laid down by you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um so i have to remember everything which is a good memory exercise now that you come to think of it yeah but
0: we're keeping you young
1: <laughs> but um um no actually your your children uh, uh and your and your siblings children keep me young um you guys you okay. guys made me old um if, right that's if you true. don't want to go up on too much of a tangent about that but um um, where was I? Okay, now we're talking about my, my memory. Oh, it was billed as a, a discussion around anti-Semitism. And I just noticed that last night because I, I got the flyer and the an email and I saw it uh, in one of the newspapers here. Uh, so I would think that it would be billed as a discussion about anti-Semitism. Actually, it's a discussion and debate about anti around anti-Semitism. So I said to Ben last night, Mr. Shapiro, and I, of course, uh, I reminded him that he, uh, uh, Rabbi Goldberg introduced me to him as the editor of the Five Town Jewish Times. And he didn't say, what's that? Uh, and I also Ema uh, <laughs> reminded him of the fact that he did a podcast with you. And he seemed, he right. seemed to have uh, recalled that uh, as well. Um, you know, th- he's, a, he's a very straightforward guy. He, uh, he lives right there a few minutes away from the Boca Raton Shul. And uh, I asked him, I said, what is this, what does it mean around, a uh, discussion and debate around anti-Semitism? And uh, he said basically that him and the uh, other guy on the uh, panel, uh, Mr. Rosenberg, Yair Rosenberg from the Atlantic magazine, which is an extreme liberal uh, type of magazine, they pretty much both agree that anti-Semitism is a problem. So not it's not a debate where one person is going to be against anti-Semitism and the other person who's going to be for anti-Semitism. That would be ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if you can find people like that, actually, that could sit in one place for two hours. Anyway.
0: I'm sure you
1: could.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you could. Anyways, w- we're really enjoying hearing the grass being cut in front of you right now. Well,
1: that's the sound, that's the sound. First of all, it's over in the other community, and it's the sounds of nature. It's no different than, yes. no different than the bus honking the horns out at the double-block cars on Central Avenue outside your window.
0: It is beautiful. It'll stop. It's okay, stop so let's soon. get... it stop soon.
1: The sounds of nature. It's only
0: getting lo- it's, sa- it's only getting louder, to be it's honest. The sounds
1: of nature. You, you, know, you have very sensitive uh, hearing, and uh, it's, a, it's a nice sound. What, what, if thund- what if it was thundering? I have to go inside because it's thundering? That's the sounds of nature. Okay, it's stopped now. Okay? Hope-
0: Anyways, so something that is getting a lot of uh, airtime now because of the lack of airtime it's been getting it is about the Ohio train derailment uh, in East Palestine, Ohio. A train that was carrying toxic. Well, you sh- well, a, tra- a train that was carrying toxic chemicals uh, derailed. I'm shaking my head now
1: because on the news nobody pronounces it as East Palestine. It is East Palestine, they don't say it like that.
0: What do they say? I
1: don't know. I, I was watching Fox News. I was watching CBS mm-hmm. last night. Uh, they say uh, East um, Plistine. Uh, East Palestine? they they don't they don't Uh, recognize the word it's very very curious
0: i don't know it's spelled as palestine obviously it's it's, i i saw a joke on twitter that someone wrote that i'm sure they're blaming israel for the train derailment in east palestine anyways um a huge fire ignited and it covered the entire town of east palestine in smoke Uh, So here, this article says, fearful of major explosion, the authorities carved out an evacuation zone and carried out a controlled release of toxic toxic fumes to neutralize burning cargo inside some of the train cars. The residents feared for their health as concerns have mounted about the effect the derailment and the fire could have on the environment and transportation network. So um, this happened on February 3rd. (laughs) Today is February 15th. And for many listeners, this might be the first time you're hearing about this. Um, this East Palestine, Ohio, has around forty seven hundred people living there. Um, it's it's near Pittsburgh, fifty miles northwest of Pittsburgh, and I, I heard that there's a big Amish community uh-huh. that lives that lives there. Yeah. And this is a big disaster. This is a big disaster because I think it's affecting people's health.
1: Well, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I saw some people on Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, a man and a woman who lived there, who said that the EPA, the Enmi- Environmental Protection Agency, which is an arm of the government, the federal government, um, <clears throat> excuse me for a second, um, said told the people that from the community they can go back to their homes on Friday. Meantime, this guy in the news was right. saying his his dog is sick, uh, the fish in the water have all died. He was breaking out in rash on his face, and this is all since they came back on on Friday. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, we have a transportation secretary. It all started with the train derailment, as you pointed out. You have Pete Buttigieg, who was the transportation secretary in the Biden administration. He was on the news all weekend long, and he was talking about the fact that there's too many white people in construction in black communities. That's what he was talking about. And, 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 and you, could, you, could, you could look that up on YouTube or on Google. You see what, what's bothering, what's on Pete Buttigieg's mind when people are being poisoned. And just because it's in East Palestine, Ohio, or near Pittsburgh, it doesn't mean it stops there. It's going to whop through the air con- conceivably for hundreds of miles and do all kinds of damage. Yeah.
0: 100%. So uh, the Daily Wire writes that legacy media networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, have spent less than 30 combined minutes covering the Norfolk Southern train derailment that has throttled East Palestine, Ohio, and threatened the health of millions living in Ohio River Basin. That is 30 minutes combined. You
1: know why? They're hiding something. I'll tell you why. You know why? Um, I heard someone say because that area uh, mostly mostly voted Republican in the last election.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It it, it sounds facetious. It sounds cynical. And it is facetious and it is cynical. But it's also true. You
0: know what? It says in this article here that the organization also noted that Colum- the Columbiana County, Ohio, is more than 93% white and largely conservative. Some 72% of the residents cast their ballot for President Trump in 2020. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. You, Abba has a scoop. You
1: solved the mystery, Naki. <laughs> you solved another case. You're like a sleuth.
0: I don't get it. Listen. I don't if, understand. If you, know,
1: if you know who Pete Buttigieg is and who's running agencies like the EPA... Uh, and uh, And uh, who runs Joe Biden, then you know that um, you know, if it's Susan Rice or, or Barack Obama that's running the White House today because it's certainly not uh, Joe Biden, uh, then you know that, that they don't care that much about uh, those people. They don't have. Mu-
0: Why was this train carrying such toxic chemicals
1: um, that, I, that I don't know, but uh, the guy that was on the news last night, I forgot his name. But he was saying that, you know, uh, he used to work in transportation and uh, he's a farmer now. But he was saying that uh, all these things that go on these trains that get transported around the country for whatever reason, there's all uh, a record that has to be recorded somewhere. And the government knows absolutely everything that is on there and all the potential damage it could uh, uh, create as a result of this derailment and explosions um, but they're making believe like nothing happened, telling people to go back to their homes. It's really, it's really a disaster. Uh, it, it's, it's a tragedy for people. It's going to disrupt lives and it's going to hurt people, not just this week and next week, but conceivably, children and others for uh, many, many years to come. You know, people. It's disastrous. Nothing, people, yeah. people still are still coming. People are still getting sick from having spent time down at the World Trade Center on nine eleven that's uh, tw- yeah. 22 almost 22 years ago uh that they uh, they breathed in and ingested some kind of chemicals that uh, the fuel from the airplanes and the, the collapse of the buildings and so on and so forth people are still getting ill today you know you don't know what kind of impact this is going to have for years to come so uh
0: and it's com- and it's completely getting buried I, I don't i don't get it i don't understand like even if they're conservative I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyways, another story. And first of all, I'm glad we're we're bringing it up here. Uh, I I love the Amish people. I spent uh, I once went to Pennsylvania yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The Amish people are really really cool. Right. I think they're living right. Right. I think besides for you know their Christian views, obviously, um, I think I think it's pretty cool. This is this is a shocking story, um, and this came out just a couple of days ago. About a December eighteenth United Airlines flight from Hawaii to San Francisco, right. shortly after it took up, um, the plane dropped right. fourteen hundred feet, Right. and it was within seven hundred feet of the ocean. It almost crashed. Right, right. Um, I saw that. A, a, a passenger said that we were all looking at each other, looking out the window, grabbing onto the seat, praying, uh, and people were screaming. And then it, and then it, you know, the the flight corrected itself, and then it, you know, went on to its trip and they landed in San Francisco. The, the, the pilots filed uh, the, the appropriate safety report and united closely coordinated with the FAA and the, and the ALPA and uh-huh. an investigation that ultimately resulted in the pilots receiving additional training. Right. So I don't know what that means exactly if the pilots did something wrong. But again, it's February 15th. This happened December 18th. And this story is has been broken this week. Well, what is going on here? Well,
1: I, I don't know. I don't know how those people voted between Hawaii and San Francisco, uh, but that's not the point. Uh, the point is, I also read there was very bad weather. They took off in it was very stormy weather, and they probably uh, not Aba, off. a
0: plane is not supposed, uh, even in the stormiest of weather. a plane doesn't drop fourteen hundred feet and come within seven hundred feet of crashing. Well, you
1: said they they, and, were, they uh, only they just took off. They were only at fourteen hundred feet. When,
0: no, I think they were at. higher up. Yeah,
1: Maybe 2,200 feet.
0: They, yeah, they reached 2,200 feet, and they plunged down to 775
1: feet. Okay. But, that doesn't happen. But as you can see, there was nothing wrong with the plane. It had to do with the atmospheric conditions.
0: Or it had to do with the pilots because the pilots had to receive more training after they landed. Doesn't that tell
1: you something? Well, maybe they maybe have to go back to planes that have training wheels so that they could uh, – uh, be more careful going forward
0: what's you know I, I i don't know i i uh something that is interesting i was listening this morning on the way into the office was a podcast with and i, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name uh matt taibbi yeah
1: you got it right i think yeah
0: oh i got it right Woo. yeah anyways so he was on a podcast discussing you know his new his new job ultimately you know elon musk bought twitter for 44 billion dollars right. ultimately the beat to ultimately the, to be a whistleblower of the U S government. And he was explaining how like he's sifting through 50,000 emails and he's seeing like the most ridiculous stuff, like uh, members of Twitter making a file called secret numbers. And it's numbers of all the executives, numbers of all the executives uh, and the FBI and top executives. And it's on a word doc and like nothing is secure. Everything was just very hard yeah. And, and it's just like in these emails, you have you have emails from, from Adam Schiff asking Twitter to censor this Twitter account and make sure that anyone who retweets that information is censored. Forget the Hunter Biden story, which Twitter completely shut down. But true information regarding COVID was completely censored, censored by Twitter. And I think that it leads me to what I want to discuss now, which was featured on Fox the other night, which is chat GPT. And the woke bias that ChatGPT has. Anybody that's used the app, it's really great. It's, it's convenient. It could write a whole essay for you. It could do a lot. So what was featured on this news network is if you write into ChatGPT, can you write me a poem about, about Donald Trump? The response it gives you is that uh, I have no I, – I don't have any political views, so I can't give you a poem about Donald Trump. However, if you write, can you give me a poem about Joe Biden, it goes ahead and writes you a whole poem about Joe Biden. If you ask ChatGPT to describe what is a woman, it says that it, is, it, it cannot be specified what a woman is. These are woke ideologies. Yeah. So who, uh, who, what you see in the media is controlled.
1: Who owns ChatGPT? So
0: I think Microsoft. Uh-huh. I think Microsoft owns ChatGPT, which is Bill Gates. Right,
1: right, right.
0: So what you see in the media, what you see in the, in the news – look, huge train derailment, Ohio, 30 minutes combined in all major news networks, completely buried, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Hunter Biden story at the time, completely buried. And now we're seeing through this Matt Taibbi stuff that, oh my gosh, Twitter has been kicking people off, censoring accounts. It's, it's crazy. And, and, and the stuff that they've been censoring, we're finding out is true. There's an article right in front of me via Yeshiv World that the debate has been settled. Masks made no difference when it came to COVID. Right. A, mega stu- a, a mega study found right. um, the CDC's shifting stance on face masks in the early months of COVID nineteen was almost comical. It first claimed that the face covering weren't needed, then made a sudden about a sudden uh, about face and demand that everyone wear one, including kids as young as two years old. Right. A new scientific review published by Cochrane University. Yeah. Finds that the CDC was dead wrong. Led by twelve preeminent researchers, researchers from across the world, the study found that masks did little or perhaps even nothing to help curb transmission of the virus. Wow. So we're all basically pawns of media and big tech to, to to believe things that we don't even know.
1: So let me make a couple of comments about that. Um, first of all, a lot of people last night were wearing masks uh, in the in, in the in the BRS in the in the poker show. Um, You know, people are entitled to wear masks. I know people, I saw people on planes wearing masks 10 years ago. You know, people from uh, places like China and Japan, uh, Asians, they wear masks all the time, very commonly, because the air is very polluted in those countries, and they just don't want to breathe it in, or they want to reduce the amount of stuff that they're breathing in that could, uh, you know, hurt their health. Maybe they have asthma, maybe they have some kind of other bronchial type of illness, and they want to minimize the amount of uh, toxins that they that they take in, so uh, I was sitting on planes years ago with people that uh, that wore masks before it became the law that you had to that you had to do it so um uh, well, I mean one of the many uh, many subjects were brought up last night uh, according to uh, between uh, ben shapiro and and Jan Rosenberg, one of them was about the media coverage whether the media coverage of whether it's israel uh that's biased coverage in the New York Times. Uh, if 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 the new york times criticized israel in a certain way as being an occupier and uh, stealing land from the palestinians does that lead to terrorist attacks or they said uh, the the question was uh, does um, does uh, criticizing yeshivas and in, in Williamsburg or Muncie, does that lead to anti Semitic attacks in, in Williamsburg or Borough Park? That uh was getting knocked off people's heads, uh hats getting knocked off people's heads, uh, or people just being pain, uh, chased and, and harassed. Like happened uh what was it, Friday night in the Five Towns? Um yeah. uh, some, some guys uh, uh some guys were walking home from a Sholm Zachar or going to a Shalmzacher and um and, and, and got stopped by some hood some hoodlums, some thugs, and uh, chased, and one guy was uh, uh, was beaten up. Uh, and you know, this this is the story. Media has a big responsibility. It's very dangerous, like what you were just talking about, wh- when media takes a side. The media w- is, is, was was created. I think it always, since the inception of time, was there. Is there to inform the people, not to tell the people how they think they should think. But uh, this business of uh, of Of um, keeping information away from people because you want them to think a certain way according to the what what, what you believe it has left to not only to dangerous situations not only led to people's deaths but has uh, made the, the media uh, very extremely corrupt and uh, things are getting uh, are getting worse now of course, every media outlet, whether it's daily thread or meaningful people. Mm-hmm. You know, or the New York Times, or the Five Towns Jewish Times, you can't have you can't have a hundred percent objectivity because every entity, if it's not if it's not run by, by God himself, or it's not run by some mechanical uh, programming in a computer, is going to have some kind of uh, 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 a bias. Okay, right? Um, you know, uh, you, you you'll certain you'll cover certain things and interview certain people. On meaningful people, you you you're not you're not you're not good because of the way you think and because the way what you want when you want to inspire your audience, for example, with meaningful minute, there's certain things that you're going to accept, and certain things you're going to reject. So, that's not dangerous, but it's a choice you're making, and it has a little bit of bias in it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, any any anything that any of us put out there has some sort of agenda and bias, I'd say. Um, and I don't think an agenda is a bad thing as long as that agenda
1: is not, you know, manipulative or you're not. You know, doing. Some, some, I see anyone who disagrees with you will think it's manipulative. Okay, I just think you need to be
0: forthright, though. You have to really be forthright for you know people know that if they're going to listen to Daily Thread, we're really not going to have you know uh, liberal liberal perspectives or and stuff like that. Where people tune into the Daily Wire, like they know that they they know what they're getting. They're getting Ben Shapiro. You're getting Matt Walsh. Um, I mean, I I think that what what where you get where you run into an issue is when with information is withheld to to give a certain narrative. So, example like with Twitter censoring accounts or with Chat GPT, uh, completely just like you know having a very very specific agenda, a woke agenda. I I think it's problematic. I think it's just like not honest. And every every news media every outlet. What, needs, what you need is honesty. Honesty. Okay, but
1: honesty, honesty also is subject to interpretation. What's completely honest to one person may not be honest to another person. Somebody said to me last week or two weeks ago, someone said to me uh, just casually on the street, we were chit-chatting and they said, you know, we haven't had any women on the cover of the newspaper in about six weeks. I, I wasn't even aware of that. We were covering stories. I don't know what was on there for the last six weeks. I haven't memorized it, but, um, uh, but, but people notice those types of things. So even, even though it wasn't intentional uh, because we don't have that kind of, um, you know, ideology, uh, or we don't, we're not mindful of trying to, that we're trying to communicate certain messages to people. uh, But, you know, uh, it, it, it just struck me there's an interesting observation oh, look what people notice not, well, the point I'm trying to make is by by not having uh, a picture of a woman in the news or uh, uh, a news story that's featured on the front page that has women involved in it they believe that I'm making some kind of a statement you know so it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's almost like you're being held accountable for what you don't do as much as what you do do
0: right Listen, got to be cognizant of it. And you're and you're um, and you're be, in the, you're in the same be... boat.
1: You're you're aware of that. You're yeah. aware of that. You know, you have some some very brilliant uh, young ladies, uh, teachers uh, in in seminaries and in different communities that sometimes you feature on um a meaningful minute, but the majority is men. Are you making some kind of a statement uh, because of that? Absolutely I don't not. think so. But that's how people think though. Anyway, there's all kinds of levels of bias and in terms of the the, the general uh mainstream what they call the mainstream media obviously and the way they've been interfacing with government like the FBI and with uh and with the, with the with the news media and with social media obviously there's something very nefarious uh at play here you know but you know it's 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 yeah. being revealed now naqi but what's going to happen about <clears throat> for for denying people their First Amendment rights of free expression by having their accounts blocked. Somebody has to be accountable. Somebody in Congress who is involved in this can't, be, can't just be called out on it. They have to uh, be investigated. They have to be held liable. Uh, they have to be indicted and tried and forced to resign. Only then will you get changes. Just by saying this guy's not a good guy, that doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, they're, they're used to being uh, called uh, all kinds uh, of names when they serve in the in the Congress, and when they're accused of something, they deny it and they go on uh, going on the, the next day doing what they usually do. I want to bring up one more story, an interesting story. Can I do that? What is it? Uh, it's a story that the, this morning, Wednesday, uh, the Knesset uh, passed a law that takes away Israeli citizenship of terrorists who uh, are convicted of crimes. And receive money from the um, Palestinian <laughs> Authority as compensation when they're in prison. You know what that means? That means that uh, terrorists who uh, have a, a motivation for injuring and killing Jews because that's going to get them a monthly check for the Palestinian Authority with that money coming from the United States and from the Europeans mostly will now have their citizenship taken away and they... They're in prison, but their families, according to the law, will be able to be deported from the country. And
0: Wait, so ju- one second. So how about a terrorist who doesn't receive money? Why isn't his citizenship revoked?
1: Well, he's a,
0: he's a terrorist.
1: First, it has to be broken down, of course, by the legal process. There's a legal process in Israel. Israel's a country of I mean, Why laws. does he
0: have to receive money in order to be... His citizenship be revoked why can't his citizenship be revoked if he commits a terrorist attack um,
1: i don't know all the details of this law it just passed into law today it still has to be implemented but it's a giant step forward this is what i'm talking about there has to be consequences for actions you can't just say so-and-so's a bad guy and then find out what they're serving for lunch later so-and-so's a bad guy what happens next what happens next in the process? And in this particular case, for the first time, this has been tolerated by Israeli governments for decades. A guy runs his car and kills a, a couple of kids, Nebuch, uh, on the road. Okay, he was shot and killed by a police officer, which was right, obviously. But if a guy survives, if the attacker survives, and he gets arrested, and he goes on trial, and he gets imprisoned, let's say he'll be in prison for the next 20 years or 25 years. Meantime, his family who live somewhere in, um, I don't know where, one of the, uh, Jenin Janine or uh, Ramallah, wherever they live, they're going to get paid because they because the yeah. Palestinian uh, position is that this person who's in jail for the crime is a hero. And they're going to get compensated. They're going to get a reward. It's tantamount to being a reward for what he did. Now those people, besides up until now, What they did last week in terms of the guy who ran over those kids last week, they sealed the house and now they're going to demolish the house. And, you know, uh, uh, people have to tell their kids, you know, there's a family structure also in the Arab world. It's such a thing as a family structure. There's such a thing as a mother and a father and children. And the fathers have to tell their children, you better not get involved in anything like that because this family is not only going to be homeless, we're going to be broke. We're going to be poor. We're going to be in poverty. We're going to be living on the street. That's the type of consequences that you need. And finally, after all these years of tolerating these kinds of punishments that victimize innocent Israelis, finally we have a law moving forward. Uh, and by the way, it passed in the Knesset 94 to 10. Okay, it wasn't a long, wow. wasn't a long partisan lines. The it was a, that's a, a huge consensus uh, in the Knesset. Oh, now I can finally see you. The sun went down. The sun went behind the clouds for a minute. Boy, I didn't even know you, was, I okay. didn't know you was there. I couldn't see you until now.
0: Hi. Good morning. Um, anyways, that, that's that's our episode for today, The Daily Thread. If you want to reach us, you can email us at thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org, or you can go ahead and send us a message on WhatsApp. The link is in the description in the show notes. Right. We hope you have an amazing day.
1: Yes. Thanks very much, Naki. See you later. Be well.